It's here, the first Ghostbusters interdimensional cross-rip t-shirt, featuring front art by Dapper Dan Shonen. Wear your support for the podcast with pride. Proceeds from sales will go to keeping the lights on and not to putting beer in our stomachs. Men's and women's styles are available. Visit GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to buy yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination. Welcome to the Crossrip, the first one of our fourth year. That is right, it's episode 401. That's so weird. It's going to take a little bit of doing to see and get familiar with that. But anyway, we've got a great episode coming up for you guys. We have some of the news that you missed over the holidays, or that we missed, I guess, more appropriately. We're also going to talk a little bit of a, a book club, so to speak, about a book that came out in 1984. Yes. Chris read the novelization. How did he think it went? Stay tuned. Stillplayingwithtoys.net presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. I think these people are completely nuts. Woo! But otherwise, how, uh, how are the holidays? Good. I didn't get enough sleep, but <laughs> stupid short holidays. Uh, it did seem short, didn't it? I mean, well, it was because it felt when it falls on the mo- Monday and then New Year's Day is on a Monday. Um, most places that give you a, a protracted break, and I say this as somebody who realizes that a lot of people like get a few days off around Christmas and then are back to work for a couple of days. And, in between, you know what I mean? yeah, that's what I had to do. <laughs> but. Um, when they when you do it that way, like where does it have to fall? If it falls on a Wednesday, so you get Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday's the best because then you get to the Friday before, and then everybody says bye. You get the Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then of course the middle of the week, New Year's and New Year's Day is coming. So the company says screw it again, five more days, and then the weekend. So Christmas, there you go. I've Two worked weeks. out the math. And I say that not as a slacker. I say that as the guy who has to like look at the calendar every year and decide when my team is taking time off. <laughs> and yeah, this you want so the best is Wednesday and the worst is Monday to have Christmas if you're yeah. I mean it may not apply to most people, but um, yeah, that's what happens. You it ends up being one solid week if you're lucky, but you know Yeah. People, we actually like made up not so much. We actually made the point of giving the Friday before off, and then of course Monday was New Year's Day, so they got a week and a half. Oh, that's not bad. That's a good well, amount cause, of time. Because in our heads, we can we can at least look everybody in the eye and say the week before and the week after is a short week, but we shall all persevere and not get all antsy and slack off like <laughs> it's the end of the school term, right? <laughs> um. So, yeah. If but, yeah. only. But, and then everybody probably takes those days off anyway. They're like, well, then I'll take my vacation days on that Monday, Tuesday, and then that following Thursday, Friday. That's fine. And, like, I don't, yeah. if they want to pull that card, they can pull that card. Because that one doesn't even factor in for me because that's a day, that's their, 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 their that's, you know, a paid day off. Go yeah. put it wherever you want. If you decide you don't want to, like, do it in a chunk so you can go to Hawaii, or maybe you're going to Hawaii for Christmas and you want to tack it on there so you have a good trip to Hawaii. Do it. I'm fine with that. Call in sick. <laughs> yeah. Canadian, Canadian Charter of Human Rights says I can't say anything, but I'm looking at you for sniffles. 
Well, listen, listen to me as I say between gritted teeth. <laughs> get well soon. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, that's a, and even that one I don't even bother with much because uh, the flu season always seems to. It's rattling in around that time, right? Yeah, so, that's true. Everybody actually is getting sick right around that. Well, yeah. and I feel like I get sick when I have that downtime, too. Where I'm like, oh, it's the holidays. Wonderful. I can sort of relax, and I'm not stressed out, and I'm sick. It just immediately yeah, happens. Your body goes, wait a minute. We have downtime? Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. We have a lot of repairing to do. Wait, what? Ah! Close for repairs. God. No! I mean, knock, knock I- on wood, like, I was lucky to get out. Because, you know, we're not sleeping either. So, lack of sleep plus downtime <laughs> plus... <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't get the plague, but uh... um, yeah. Well, I a I feel for you, but b <sighs> Marie and I kind of managed it that we kind of did okay. It's not something that everybody can do. The situation as it happens is that Maria uh, just um, for medical reasons has to get a solid night's sleep. Uh-huh. That makes sense. So you have to give her that six to eight so she, hours, or she yeah. and she's a she's a early to bed, early to rise. Whereas I'm a night owl, and I since it's my company, I was I actually took a week after we brought him home off, but then went back to work on kind of a three quarters of a day sort of thing, on the basis of she'd go to bed and I'd hang out with Thomas. And hanging out, and this is the best part, hanging out usually just kind of meant I'd curl up in the corner of the couch holding him and we'd cuddle and he'd sleep. Um, and then even I could doze off from here and there sort of thing. Yeah, but we, he and I yeah. would stay up until about 5 or 6 in the morning. Maria that's would when get she'd up. get up and, yeah. I'd crash for 3 or 4 hours and then get up and go to work and we'd kind of repeat. Not ideal. That is not a long-term plan. Yeah, sleep but it's not too either. bad, I guess. Yeah. But at least I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a partial... Who was it, Da Vinci or Michelangelo, like, who did the 20-minute the naps? Oh, it's, uh, wait, wait, wasn't that Einstein? No, no, it was one of the Renaissance guys, I think. Oh, oh who knows? But you're right, who just did the 20-minute naps and never slept a full... Because I feel like that's yeah. what I'm doing right now, and I'm probably <laughs> going to lose my mind. Yes, no, he, I, I don't think it's a, a proper way to do it, too. But uh, in theory, you can kind of have a short like REM sleep cycle, if as long as you're getting some... Some downtime in little cat naps here and there. Sort of yeah. thing, but. That's why I just keep going to my car at lunchtime and dozing. Because my, my office was like, <laughs> okay, so you had a baby. That's great. You'll be back on Wednesday, right? And I'm like, I mean, I have to go to the CSV. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. Physically, I'll be back. Uh, mentally, yeah, checked out. But uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. But uh, hey, it, oh it, my God. They, it, it does get better. It, I was going to say, it, it does get better. It slowly has started uh, f- coming into some sort of normalcy, but at the same time, then I'll be like, oh, this is great. She's she's a normal sleeper. And then last night, zero sleep. Just no, all it'll, night. Yeah, it'll slide around. I want Although, on, on that note, I never said it to you directly. Congratulations. Oh, I thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, you and I texted uh, when I was when I was at the hospital. I'm like, obviously, I'm not recording this week uh, because <laughs> I will still be in the hospital come Wednesday. Um, but yes, uh, it, it ended up working out pretty well because December is traditionally a little bit. It's slow. It's a slow news cycle. It's slow for us recording. We usually do the pre-recorded stuff, and it it worked out okay. But at the same time, I miss talking to you, man. It was like. <laughs> You and I, when we connected here on Skype, I'm like, wait, when was the last time I talked to Chris? It was like before Thanksgiving at this point, our Thanksgiving, not yours, uh, 
that would have been even longer. But yeah. yeah, it's, it's been a while. So, uh, so yeah, it's it good, good to chat with you and it's good to chat with everybody out there because, it, you know, we sort of spoke indirectly, uh, during all of those pre-recorded shows too. So it's a little, a little different. We're back. We're live. And you guys are yeah. listening to me talk about my baby and being sick and over the holidays, like get to the Ghostbusters chat. Ah, after a month, <laughs> what are we going to do? <sighs> we'll do it. We can do it. Actually, let's let's jump into it. There's there's fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right, so as mentioned, uh, December traditionally pretty slow for, for the most part. However, there were some announcements that happened over the holidays um, that we, we certainly tracked on social media. We didn't end up talking about them on the podcast because we had banked those a week uh, on a couple of them, like two weeks in advance. And so uh, no, no news. So we are going to talk about some stuff that may be old news to you, but I think there are some good discussion points in there uh, on, on a, actually a good deal of them. So, um, boy, I don't – I mean – Let's start with the Novos. Do you want to start with the Novos? Yeah, let's do that one. Okay. So in Novos, we talked about this uh, on the, the very last show before we sort of went into pre-recorded land. But uh, Sean Bishop and Vince Nordone, they did a, a video where they sh- showed off the original Spangler hero pack that they had in their hands. And they were casting molds from it. And they were working on something special for Novos. And that was sort of the... The last that we talked about this, but now Innovos has officially, officially, I don't even know what that word is. I'm making stuff up now. Officially announced the Spangler Legacy Proton Pack. That's what they're calling it. And it is made directly from those molds that they did from the Spangler Hero Pack that's been sitting in the Sony archives for all of these years. Um, And yes, it is. I think it's kind of an amalgamation of uh, a one and two because it was used in the second movie. So it was a, a, a Ghostbusters one pack that they did some modifications to for the second movie. But I mean, this is as close as we will possibly get to owning a screen accurate uh, screen used proton pack without spending. God, I don't know what the last one went for, like 30 or $40,000 right? like at that, auction, yeah. something ridiculous. So, um, so it, it does carry a pretty heavy price tag on the announcement. It's, it's about $3,000, uh, for the pre-order. Um, but it's going to be fully built. It's going to have lights. Uh, it doesn't say anything about sound. I know that they had mentioned sound, but I don't think there's sound included in this, this per, their particular one. But, um, so I thought, oh, that's awesome. Again, it's one of those items that you and I, Chris talk about that the, uh, the Uber nerds will have in their dens, uh, behind, bulletproof glass uh, hermetically sealed uh, from from all of the elements but probably not something that I will end up buying but I, I saw it and I was like oh that's awesome good for whoever's going to be able to afford that a lot of people had differing opinions a lot of people were angry uh, I mean people are angry in general now it doesn't matter know, what it is I don't know a lot but a noticeable amount of yelly people yelled a lot um, of yelly people and I, I again i don't it's the same argument that we had when um when spirit halloween did their proton pack you know where there were a lot of yelly uh, people about it yeah and i just kind of I, I scratch my head i just i can't i understand what they're saying i understand their points of view you know i i built my own proton pack and it only cost me three hundred dollars how could this possibly cost three thousand dollars yeah um you know the there are arguments there that I understand are to be made, 
But then at the same time, you figure, well, it's a, a limited collector's item that is being assembled with care by artists uh, that is going to be very exclusive. I mean, this is this is as close to you, again, like I say, to you owning one of the packs that you see on screen, you kind of expect that you're going to have a heavy price tag with that. It's not going to be like a $250 purchase or, yeah. or even like the kit, I think, was $600, the one you had to assemble. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to stop you right there. There's an argument to be made. They're not good arguments. No, no. And, and, and yeah. over the break, I had time to, I watched all that, you know, roll out and I had time to think about it too. And what it, what it comes down to is for the most part, it's not the same people each time these packs have happened. It's, but what it is, is <clears throat> what it is, is it's people who have their own level of what they expect and no common sense enough to not recognize or have the perspective that not everything is for you. Yeah, really, when people start be- yeah. when they start beaking off about oh, three thousand dollars, I can't afford. Blah, 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 it's not for you. Sorry, it's just not everything in the universe is <laughs> for you. That's just the yeah. way it goes. Um, this is for somebody, and somebody will buy it. And and there's different arguments. Some of it is price. I've seen people that don't blink at the price per se, whether they can afford it or not, but they get all shirty about the fact that the thing retains all of the nicks and blemishes as the one in the archives mm. has, because that was what they decided to do. Here's right. a pack that's been in both movies. It's had wear and tear. But that's what you're buying. That's and as if you purchase this from the archives. Exactly. That's what you're getting. We're going to yeah. give you this, you know, this hmm. holog- holographic replica, and not. I don't mean that in the hard light <laughs> way. I mean you know, here's here's the copy. Here's the yeah. exact copy we made for you. And it's not fooling anybody. Like, but that's not the point. The point is, is as you said, these guys are like, I will never have the thirty at this point. That's rising. I will never have the. Yeah. Next time round, what, 60000 60, thing Yeah, because they're getting rarer and rarer as they go along. I will never have that amount of money to have the real thing. But for 3000 uh, I have what is, for all intents and purposes, the will and intent of Sony and some deep, you know, some artists to make me a replica of it. And, the, it's, and what it comes down to is all of these, all of these packs that they've put on sale... It's the thing, it's it's like, um, how do I put this? It's like uh, painting replicas. Nobody bats an eyelash about painting replicas. It's like sure. Mona Lisa, millions of dollars, or incalculable, or whatever you want to call it. Guy makes a, you know, like a, one of those on canvas with the, the fake uh, shellac to make it kind of have like oil texture to it sort of thing. You know, a couple hundred, uh, uh, you want the poster print, you know, or a lithograph, a hundred, you, you want a poster, 20, you know, and nobody sits there staring at these hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars of ones and going, yeah, I can't afford that, that's afford ridiculous. It. I'd rather own the real thing and a, a no at the same price, the 10, 20 dollars that I would pay for the print or, yeah. I could, I could print my own out on canvas <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, fine. Well, like, I mean, that's, that's just common sense really. Like that, I mean, again, you think of the art world, you think of the collectible world, you know, you everybody can't just go out and buy Action Comics number one for thirty dollars either. It's, no. it, you know, there's there are reproductions of it that you can purchase. You can buy the omnibuses that include it, but yeah. if you want that actual copy, you're going to pay a, a hefty price for it. So, well, and here's 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 an, an aside. This is more perspective. When you mentioned Action Comics, because I actually had this conversation today with somebody where he was reading an old 1977 
like bullpen bulletins or whatever DC called yeah. their uh, things. And somebody asked about, I have these comics, what are they worth sort of thing? And, and that they like, well, Action Comics, uh, their Action Comics number one recently sold at auction for $6,000. But that's that's Action Comics number one, you know? Yeah. No, s- 6000 oh, oh, in oh. 1977. Oh my God, it, I didn't hear it that. It last sold yeah. for $1.2 the oh, point. So therein yeah. lies the point that... We're all here now. In 10 years, some kid who is 10 now, he never had a shot at not only the $30,000 pack, which is now going to, by the time he's in a position, hundreds, 100000 Who knows? Right, right. He doesn't even have a shot at a $3,000 pack. But when he gets to 20 or 25 or 30 or whatever, that, that $3,000 pack, if somebody unloads it, is that a $6,000 pack? Maybe. He's got a shot at yeah. that. Like, this is the thing, right? It Not everything has to be for you. And the fact that you can't have it is not a personal assault on you. It's just the way it's it goes. It's more attainable. The fact, yeah. I run a Ghostbusters website and talk weekly to you about Ghostbusters. I did not get, like, all shirty with Lego <laughs> because the fire hall was $500. Right. I shrugged and went, that's cool. That's not for me. Yeah. I own one now because guess what? Uh, friends... Banded together and bought one for Aww. me. So great. So, but the point is, is like I got it. I I got it because I have good friends, not because I thought the universe d- like should give it to me, sort of. Thing. Yeah, yeah. You weren't entitled to have it. Same yeah. thing here. So, I mean, the one argument that I will uh, that I will say that I see the point of, and it's kind of I call it the Apple argument. It's the people who just bought that shiny new iPhone 8 and all of a sudden the iPhone 10 comes out a couple months later and you go, well, you just told me this was the the new hotness. This was the thing that was the future. This is going to be something that will last me for at least a year or two. And now the, the 10 comes out on, I, I, how am I yeah. supposed to, how can you expect me to buy it with this product cycle? And so I have seen some of the people who bought the, 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 the some assembly required kit. Yeah who are upset because they go, you told me that this was the most accurate kit that I was going to possibly get. And, you know, it, I pre-ordered and it took so long to get the pre-order. And now that I've got this and it finally just arrived and I finally built it and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. And now you say, well, here's something even better. And yeah, I, I get it. If you did invest the, the $600 yeah. for that and you go, well, if I would have invested maybe twice, like two and a half times more, I would have the exact pack that Egon Spangler wears in the movie. Yeah. Th- there's an argument to be made there, but you know, it's, it's That's, also, it's yeah. kind of buyer beware. You know, if you, if you adopt something early on, if you buy that iPhone eight, you know that something's coming down the line, you know that they've got to keep a product cycle going. So, well, that's, yeah, you've taken the, the cynical thing. I'll take it the other way where it's a fair enough point. It's just that it's an unlucky break. Because yeah. I could argue for the other side that at the at the time that they locked in and were sold and shipping, and some people still haven't got it. Let me tell you, there are some people who are complaining that they've made that argument you just made and are also complaining they still haven't got their $600 pack. Good news. If you honestly, and I mean this honestly and you're not just beaking off on the internet, if you honestly want that $3,000 pack uh, pre-ordered and you haven't received your $600 one, contact Anovos. I'm pretty sure you can like just 
yeah. cycle one over to the other. Apply hey, that down payment over there. Somebody, yeah. somebody said it's been 18 months. I'm like, if it's been 18 Oof. months, you have a solid argument sure. to look them in the eye and say, forget it. Move it to the other and one. And I know Innovo sort of notoriously has those issues where people order stuff yeah. and then they don't get it for two years, but eventually they do get it. But yeah, uh, I mean, well, uh, Innovo yeah. is, is a really shiny branded version of things like Carnivorous Creations and all that. They're not, it's not like it's a, a giant factory somewhere that's, yeah, it's you know, a like limited a amount factory. Of people. Yeah. It's a handful of people that pump these out as fast as they can. And yeah, like uh, everything from uh, reasonable, just can't get everything done at once to bad decisions were made, whatever it happens sort of thing. Sure. But anyways, I don't, I started off on kind of a point. Where was this heading here? Oh, it's just, it's bad. It's bad luck yeah. because there's, when they were saying and and they they didn't lie when they said this is the this is the most accurate one ever, it is. They 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 what they made is the super shiny as if you had just uncrated it at the HQ newly minted, ready to strap on pack. That's what that six hundred dollar one is. It is as best as they could get off of all the specs and all that and you know all the experience that prop you know, fan proppers and all that have done. I don't know, guys who sit down and write Haynes manuals and all that. They just, they, they're like, here we go. <laughs> hey, this, this is a super detailed pack. And the price was 600 bucks. And that's not exactly unfair. And it's not exactly a lie. Because again, this $3,000 one is, it's, it's also, it doesn't trump the other one as being the most accurate. It's a different, most it's a accurate. different beast. Makes, yeah. It's a totally and, different beast. And at the end of the day, there's, there's, I'm not, I'm not defending them, but I think there's just as equal a chance that, whereas you say oh, we know that they have to keep product cycles going, yeah, they could. Although in fairness, product cycles can be for other properties and all that. They don't. Sure. <laughs> it's just, well, yeah. In this, in this case, they may have, no, you know, hope that's where it was going, but we're still talking to Sony. They didn't know what the, you know, they didn't, they, they weren't even in a position to say, well, this is coming. Just wait, sort of thing. So it, it kind of. You know, it's that glass half empty, half full. You're you're technically half empty. I I, would, I took gloomy, the half empty. You gloomy Gus, who <laughs> you've decided, me, man. you've decided that they they decided to go shtum on it and 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 because they they knew this one was coming. But hey, take the money on this one now and run. And I argue that it's just as possible. And actually, in business reality, it may be somewhere in between. Where they had a fairly good idea that this other thing was was but coming, wasn't but it wasn't. It wasn't so yeah. locked enough that they'd be happy enough to talk about it, anyways. But so, like I said, first. But this is one of those things that we we do this when we we're designing things at work. Every once in a while, somebody goes, "Yes, but what if?" Because you're you're trying to think of problem loops people get into playing a product and stuff like that. And it's like, yes, but what if somebody tries to this, this, and this? And the mistake is sometimes everybody goes, oh my God. And it, it turns into the spiral discussion of you have to solve it until somebody stops and goes, how many people is that going to be reasonably? And it goes, I don't know, a couple? Yeah, that may not be where we want to put our, our energies right now sort of thing. So yeah. It's well, it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing here. It's like yes, I understand that some people may feel burned by it. 
I don't think they burned everybody. I think that's just a, a small handful of people that not not exactly on you know they're not exactly wrong or unreasonably, just bad luck. It, it, the yeah. timing just was bleh. bad luck, bad timing. But uh, and well, hey, it's a it's a it's a free market. If you got your six hundred dollar kit and you put it together, so six hundred dollar and then you got to put it all together. You put it all together. You put on some time and money and some uh, value added over time sort of thing, unload it and roll it into the $3,000. Uh, like, use that 1200 bucks or whatever you get for it uh, toward your 3000 Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, okay, so before we move on, let me just take 10 seconds here to talk to myself in 1996 on uh, Bill M. Cow's <laughs> just, just, hey, I know you're, you're browsing the Ghostbusters homepage and you're looking through thread after thread of like, we will never have the opportunity to buy a proton pack that is screen accurate and fully built. It's a pipe dream. That's way too expensive. It's going to cost too much. And there's not a chance in hell that we're going to have that. Yeah, here you go. We just spent 20 minutes talking about, well, one kit just came out and another one is coming out and it's $3,000 spoiled. We are just so spoiled now. Dear Netsolo, this is uh, Castuar <laughs> for Proton Charging from the future. Listen, your grammar is atrocious, and lay, lay off on the, the all caps. <laughs> Love your website. Caps. Yeah, lay off. Lay off the caps. Love your website. <laughs> Love the future. Hard, 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 the black mirror. Hard, um, hard, hard. The <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's talk about IDW, because there's also a ton of IDW news over the holidays. Yes, uh, yes, most, yes. Most yes. exciting of which, well, so let's let's get the couple quick ones out of the way. So answer the call number two finally hit stands last week. Um, I have not had a chance to read it. I uh, have. Have you? It, well, it's been delayed for several months, too, so I didn't even know that it was coming out until okay. uh, today. Yeah. You you mentioned this before in, in, the, in, our, in, our, in our notes. Several months? It, what, it was supposed to be couple? out in November, I thought. Because the first the issue first... came out in October. Did it come out in October? I thought it came out that that Halloween week All where right. we had, uh, you know, the the hardcover and answer the call number one and the TMNT. Like, but there you was that right. huge boom where there was just such a huge onslaught of of comics, and then all of a sudden, it got pushed and it got pushed again. I yeah. thought it was supposed to come out like November before Thanksgiving, at some point. You may be right. I'd also like to discuss your definition of several, but well, uh, okay, all right. I got, I got, and it's on me. Change. Yes, <laughs> it's on me because I got lazy. I, I was gonna look it up and then I forgot sort of thing, but I didn't think it was super long. But yeah, it's been at least a couple of months. By my recollection, it feels like it's been a couple of months. It feels like a, an eternity to me. <laughs> yeah, I have a vague tactile rec- recollection of going to the comic shop to pick it up. And I don't pick them up every week, so a couple of trips ago is when I got it, which, given that I only go every two weeks or so, three weeks, yeah, it's about two months is my guess. Okay, but two months. Uh, I mean, so uh, after, after all of that time, after all of that anticipation, just sort of your 50,000-foot view on it, how how did it hold up? What How did the second installment read for you? Uh, really good, although it's now officially in the IDW problem of... Uh, <laughs> Their issues are bon mots. They're not short compared to comics, but it's kind of like things just get going and they're like, next time. I'm like, whoa, no. we just started. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I, I feel that's probably a comment on just how cool and engaging the story is and all that. Like they're doing some cool stuff and you're like, yes, you're, wait, what? Why is Oh, it's over. Yeah. Well, and there's an argument to be made if you pick up like the, the Ghostbusters 101 trade paperback, which also came out over the holidays. You know, then you can read it from cover to cover, and 
I have heard a lot of people talking about is the 22 page book uh, on its way out because of that reason that people, you know, maybe they they're in for the $20 for the full story, but they don't want to be in for the $3 an issue four issue miniseries. Uh, they want to have it all and they want to have it all at once. It's yeah. bin- binge watching um, culture now. I don't know. The Ghostbusters uh, Wikia uh, have it at October. They have two dates, October 25th and November 17th. I'm assuming November 17th must be UK or something like that. I don't know. but Or maybe a second print. Oh, Ooh, maybe. Okay. That'll have to check. If it had a second print, that's actually kind of important. But uh, October 25th, meeting October to November, November, December to Christmas. To, uh, yeah. It's where we are now. Yeah, two and a half, a little under yeah, two and a half under uh, two, months. Yeah. So you're just impatient. All right, I am impatient because I, I was excited. We talked about on that first issue yes. how it it really got cooking and yeah. and and they wasted no time with the slow burn. So I'm I'm actually ashamed that I didn't get a chance to read it before we started recording because I was really excited to read it. Um, so uh, we'll we'll talk about that more after I can talk yeah, articulately actually. about it. Um, but let's talk about crossing over because that was super cool. Yes. And, uh, so this is now it's a mini series. Did they announce how many issues? We know it's a mini, but we don't know how many issues, right? Uh, I didn't see how many, I don't think they've said, but, uh, paging Michael Tanaka, let us know. I think it, it's going to be at least a four issue mini, but, um, yeah. so crossing over coming out, uh, in March. And this is now the big sell point for this is this is, and, and these are their words every Ghostbuster team together in a miniseries. And and they do, in the io9 article that announced this, it was their exclusive, uh, they did make a point to say, yes, we do mean every one of the teams. That's the extreme Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters, all of the IDW-verse Ghostbusters. I would imagine the answer the call Ghostbusters have to show up if they're saying every one of them. Um huge it's uh whatever is happening all of these multiverse uh personalities are going to merge into one some way somehow god help you eric burnham i don't know what you're doing you got to keep track of all of these threads now (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's exciting it's really cool and i think this is sort of a result of like look at what 101 did and that was really successful and look at what tmnt and ghostbusters did that's really successful if we start merging all of these things together and pulling things into one world, one universe, which I think I'm getting the sense that is the mantra of Ghostbusters moving forward. Thanks, yeah. Ivan Reitman, for flat out saying that. IDW is falling in suit. They're like, okay, you want everything in one world? Great. Here's all of the cartoons. Here's all of this stuff in one place, including yeah. and Eric on Twitter mentioned uh, the team from Sanctum of Slime will be in there. Yep. Uh, God, what 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 would we've be already missing? we've already seen at least one of them in the uh, the covers that they've they've shown off right, already. For the right. Sanctum Slime teams there. Um, I don't know. There is a fuzzy area when it comes to when you, for example, say the IDW verse teams because all things in this story begin in the IDW verse. Well, sure, um, but I, I mean, you know, the Chicago Ghostbusters. So you've got the rookie yes. and Ron. The one, and way, the one way to read it is that ex- they're one vibrational frequency or whatever to call it. All, the, yeah, the, that's the cast of thousands verse right there. And then you bring in Extreme Ghostbusters team. There'll be a lot of fun there, as everybody realizes. Egon there and Kylie there look like um, <laughs> look like counterparts in the IDW verse. Um, yeah, SOS team. Answer the call team. 
then people start scratching their heads. What does that mean about real Ghostbusters team? Because real Ghostbusters team is technically in the same run as the extreme Ghostbusters team. Right. Right. Unless they decide to, that they, you know, it's one of those multiverse splits where they're really close well, to they one did another. That, wasn't it in Get Real where you saw like extreme Ghostbusters verse at the very beginning? Yeah. So they were two separate and distinctive entities. I, I yeah. Like. And then, yeah. And then it just begs the question of it, it. God, unless they were doing it for a year or they do some sort of montage where they, uh, the, the, the thing I can, I, I liken it to is if people remember, uh, you know, the crisis comics or all the, all the big epics that used to happen right, right. in the comics, there used to be a point where somebody addressed the world Superman addressed all the superheroes to, you know, when the invasion happened, all, you know, to fight and all this. And they have the two page panel where they have little tiny windows of all the heroes, all the, that they can cram in there all around the world, listening to Superman sort of thing. So I guess there's a chance they could do, depending on what the problem is and what the solution to it is, they could do, uh, one of those where they then once again, will show us, you know, the ghostbuster turtles, Maybe but either either ones based on the toy or the really cool ones named after the actors that we saw in in the uh, the last turtles right uh, in that last in the second sequel there yeah yeah which they were really they were really very short lived very cool very popular like yeah the, the things where you can just kind of drop these guys in they're not there's no time to expand on them or bring them into the story but if the solution requires all the Ghostbusters across all the universes there will be that you know. Dr. Egon Spangler broadcasting to the multiverse. And there's that one little window where, you know, uh, Harold, whoever it is, turtle in one verse is receiving. And then, you know, SOS team. And I don't know, but yeah, yeah everybody gets their pages. They're hearing the broadcast and you just get them in that one panel or, or so. If, but if they do that, <laughs> this, this is the, this is the time Eric Burnham and Dan Shoning, you guys got to doodle in the, um, uh, the Ghostbusters novel, you know, where uh, Venkman's mayor universe or whatever that is, like put them back in the suits. And I think like the, the, it's them in suits. And I think a lot of people will mistake it as Ghostbusters too, or something like that. But we will know, right? Wink, wink. We'll know yeah. that you're referencing Legion, right? Like do that. That's good. Do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mayor, mayor Venkman. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, so <laughs> I didn't latch onto this until you just mentioned it, but now I'm kind of excited by the possibility is this going to be sort of like a crisis on infinite earths or like an infinite crisis kind of thing? Because they've if already it is, acknowledged 12 the multi- issues. 12, oh my God, it's gotta be. But at the same gotta time, be. do they come out on the other end of this all in one universe? Like, is this, is this sort of like the, uh, what was the one that DC just did? It was like 52 and then they did countdown and then they did basically yeah. all of the 52 universes merged into one. I wonder, is that, what IDW is going to try to do here where everybody's all in the same universe or do some of these universes cease to exist because of whatever the threat may be. I might be kind of, I don't think, I don't think it'll be the latter just because that leaves fans feeling sore that they've tried to effectively kill off universes. Well, yeah, like if they kill, if they kill off the extreme Ghostbusters universe, quote unquote, you know, quote unquote, Oh boy, hell, even I'd be mad, right? Like, that's, there are fans of, of, of that cartoon that would feel like, oh, so you're just kicking us to the curb, are you? Hmm. Um, yeah. I would think that there might be then a way to, 
Ugh, boy, it's a lot more uh, requires a lot more metaphysical uh, pondering <laughs> and all need, that. But we it's need like Grant Morrison to map this all out for us <laughs> exactly. at a certain point. Like, but there is the way that where they collapse down, uh, they collapse down on top of one another so that the overlaps uh, collapse into one. And I think that'd be if done right. And I think Burnham can do it. You know, you can have some powerful moments where you have to like look a you know a Kylie in the eye and say. Uh, yeah, um, it's not going to hurt and you're not going to notice and you may kind of even remember it, but you two are going to collapse down into one another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and everybody fights for the firehouse. (laughs) That's the, we get the firehouse. We get the firehouse. Uh, It'll be trickier with Egon because you two universes, two blonde Egons, are going to collapse down into one of That's easier. Blonde Egon collapsing down into more movie-like dark-haired IDW Egon. Because mm. ultimately, that's yeah. what it comes down to. The, the comic also has to retain what their take... Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting a note. One of my guys is trying to get into the office, and he's screwing up the security <laughs> code. <laughs> Hmm. Well, while you deal with the security uh, onslaught, that's okay. Uh, I will talk about how I am uh, anxiously awaiting. Hopefully, there's one panel, and uh, Eric Dan, like like Chris was saying, no pressure. But I do want every iteration of Slimer to have to face each other in like a Mexican standoff, so that you've got sort of extreme Ghostbuster Slimer with real Ghostbuster Slimer <laughs> with Slimer in the real Ghostbuster Slimer uh, next to like the 88 miles per hour grotesque version of Slimer. Uh, all of them just kind of looking at each other and figuring out which one of me is going to be the Slimer Prime that moves forward. And then I'm just saying Slimer Thunderdome. Let's just, let's have everybody have a throwdown. Only one onion head can emerge as the victor. And, uh, you know, yeah. uh, let's, let's, that's, that's your 12 issues. Issues six through 12 is the battle royale as each of the Slimers <laughs> are knocked <laughs> off one by one in these Hunger Games, the Slimer Hunger Games. There's a, uh Boy, uh, an argument could be made for these because wasn't there some discussion about whether Slimer and Answer the Call was the other universe Slimer? Like that he was crossing because, over. Uh, well, because ghosts, the barriers. Come, yeah, because ghosts aren't from that world. Ghosts are from someplace else. There's nothing that says that he can't be, uh, you know, him moving or even multiples just happily moving back and forth between universes. Who knows? But yeah, if they then all collapse down into one. That could actually be kind of cool because what you end up then is instead of the disgusting idiot from the first one or the slightly more cartoony disgusting version in Ghostbusters 2 and instead of the, you know, Scooby-Doo talking dog type from real Ghostbusters and extreme Ghostbusters and instead of the evil, well not evil, but the grumpy vindictive one from IDW, if they all collapse down, you can kind of retain all those elements? Like, can yeah. you imagine a, a real Ghostbusters Slimer that isn't all the <laughs> jokes? Vindictive and evil? <laughs> yeah. Well, not vindictive and evil, but <laughs> has, you know, has, you know, you know, can be more serious rather than cartoonish, but then can also communicate a little bit more than silent growling, or not silent, but, you know, non-verbally growling and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it would be interesting It's if it's the... Frank Welker uh, voice, but to a different personality or something. That yeah, that'd be interesting. 
But yeah. uh, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, uh, Eric did in the IO9 uh, interview say that yes, all of as many of the ghosts as they could put in there are, are in there. Some did not make the cut, but there's got to be. You have to play with that when you have those multiverses. I don't I don't necessarily know if they're merging together, and this is no, all just this speculation. Is just speculating, yeah. Uh, so, like Chris, you were saying, they could broadcast out, and we'll see those multiverses through the pools of existence or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think it would be a missed opportunity if you didn't. Just knowing how delighted I got seeing Egon meet Jillian Holtzman, think of that <laughs> times a hundred. That's what I think we could see. So, uh, so stay tuned to that. That's coming in March. Um, and, uh, answer the call number two on shelves, uh, one one the trade paperback is available for sale. That's, uh, Amazon's got a great price on it. Your local comic shop should have it. So go pick that up. Uh, yeah. And so, okay. So we have, I want to give us 20 minutes to do book club here because, uh, <laughs> cause I want to talk You're about fascinated that. Fascinated with this. I'm very fascinated by this. So, um, <laughs> so let's just do a really quick, uh, Bobby's toy chest that rest- the restoration of the, uh, real Ghostbusters uh, promo pilot, whatever you want to call it, that came out before the show aired. That was what they used for, you know, selling things to Kenner so that they did the action figures and selling it to the affiliates. That that promo piece that we've seen, that's really cool. They're wearing the tan jumpsuits. It's the first look at Slimer and his sort of redesigned state. Uh, he got that 16 millimeter film can. He started re- just a meticulous restoration, frame by frame by frame, uh, too high definition, and he is finally finished. That's the good news. The bad news is you cannot see it. Uh, we thought he would post it to the internet for everybody to see. Um, and he's he's got higher uh, ambitions uh, than that. So he released a little bit of it for us to take a look at, which it looks beautiful. It's gorgeous. You can see every amount of detail in the animation cells. Um, but he's been talking to Ghost Core about releasing it in some sort of official capacity, be it on a, a DVD or maybe through Ghost Core or, or something. I think it, it will join... Uh, the ranks of the Fort Det mirroring scene as something that is just sitting in that Raiders of the Lost Ark vault that Eric has been amassing, and eventually we'll see it somewhere somehow. Anniversaries 30th around anniversary. the corner. I'm just saying, yeah, 30th anniversary. We got anniversaries coming up, so that's got to be something. But uh, so yeah, uh, not necessarily news, just a sort of like he's done. Yay! Hopefully we get. It looks to see really it good. Sooner than it later, looks- so. It the does. little sample he gave us is oh boy, and and the high res uh, screen caps that he put on social media they look uh, amazing too. It's it's probably the best that we've seen real Ghostbusters animation, quite frankly, yeah, ever uh, because it's a film restoration. It's not from a TV broadcast master. Uh, it's it looks so good. So uh, hopefully that sees the li- the light of day sooner than later, so that we can all get to see it. But uh, yeah, stay stay tuned. So, Chris, uh, as promised, I want to talk about your holiday reading. Every, everybody gather around, sit on the couch, uh, grab some Oof. snacks. Uh, we're going to do a little book club here. Uh, we'll go around the room and we'll talk about the pages that everybody read over the weekend. I've never been happier to be a speed reader. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so fill, fill everybody in. What, what and why did you read what you read uh, over the, the Christmas and New Year's holiday? Uh, just... I, the books on the shelf at Secret Studio North caught my eye, and I think at the roughly the same time somebody had mentioned like because it happens from time to time where somebody goes, you know, trivia question A, and somebody goes, didn't they say in the the book that B? And I'm like, yeah, God, I don't remember any of this. I should, <laughs> yeah, but no, the novelization says, yeah, yeah, so. 
And that was on the shelf. And I was like, yeah, great. And I, I learned two things. Uh, the copy I have is the, uh, is the UK uh, one that Cornet put out by Larry Milne. Right. And I thought I had a copy of the, um, the Muller, the U.S. North right. America yeah. one. I can't seem to find it. I and don't either. I just have the PDF that's from that's, uh, Spook Central. Yeah. That's pissing me off because I went looking and oof, that's not a cheap one to pick up. Uh, but anyways, I was like, well, I got the Milne one. I'll read that. <sighs> <laughs> that, that could. Huh? Uh, well, I also made the mistake that I kind of committed to it because prior to the holiday, I said, I'm going to have time off. I want to deliberately make a point of not you know, not working on stuff. I want to do yeah. something just for fun. So I was like, sure. yeah, I'll read it. And I was like, you know, and maybe I'll share as I, as I read it on, on Twitter and had a little poll. I used to told people if, you know, enough votes got in there and now maybe I'd read out passages, didn't make it. Thank goodness. Cause I do not want some of this on me. <laughs> with, yeah. With your voice, uh, narrating. Well, yeah. All right. Well, before you get to that, so, so I, I, I do want to talk about the novelization being something that used to be an enjoyable experience, uh, regardless of your <laughs> your gut reaction is. there. Because before we get too far down the line, I then start looking at the Ghostbusters 2 novelizations I have, and there are four of them. There were a lot. There was like the junior novelization, there was the picture book novelization, quote unquote novelization. Yep. Uh, and the B.B. Hiller was, oh no, that was the junior one. The B.B. Hiller yeah. one was. Yeah. There's the Ed Naha novelization. I think there's, again, a North America and a UK one. There's an Ed Naha. There's another one. Uh, I can't remember who wrote that one. Uh, there is the, yeah, there's a picture book one, which I didn't have a copy of. So that was easy to find. That was, I got a used, a good condition used one for three bucks. It's on its way. And then the Scholastic one, which is kind of a picture book book it is for kids i mean it's scholastic right so yeah, it's, boiled it's like a down young readers a kind of thing uh and, um, and, and is that the one that's by jovial bob stein jovial bob stein and much to my delight i i because i thought people understood it uh a lot of people on twitter went because i made a reference that it was rl stein and a lot of people went wait what and yeah that's uh, jovial bob stein is one of his nom de plumes that he wrote under um, never made that doing. connection. I was one yeah. of those people that you wrote that. I'm like, Joe, I, why did I never? Because jovial Bob Stein, you go, I don't know, jovial, but that's a, that that has to be some sort of a pseudo name. That has nobody's named jovial, right? No, it is. It's it's just his for his more fluffy kid stuff. That's what he because I think he, that, that's what yeah. he uses on like on a couple of other kids' books and stuff like Funny. that. But that. Around that time, he was a name and a growing name. Like he wrote some stuff on his own and was doing a lot of work for hire. And this was one of them. Uh, Goosebumps kind of took off roughly the same time, if you if you follow, right? Because yeah, it was like ninety ninety one ish. So yeah. it was just kind of prior to R. L. Stein, the you know the 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 master of Y A yeah. horror, the multi millionaire master uh, yeah. of, of however many books. I God, I don't even know how many Goosebumps books yeah. there probably were. Yeah, he was a and still out. They're still pumping them out like with and they they don't they have to be stamped with his name. So whether yeah. or not he actually approves of them or it's what, he's Goosebumps. getting a cut of them. So yeah, he's doing all right. How but funny. Uh, yeah. So my point is, is that it, it just depends on the thing. And I and to be honest. 
Oh, boy. 84. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the... Novelizations kind of happened even back into the 70s. They just... All they had to do was uh, allow people to recollect the movie they saw. Yeah, so I mean, that, they, they were, were big business for that reason. I mean, that's... The, and even to this day, like, if I can't catch the movie or, or see it again, like... Uh, Last Jedi, I wish the novelization was out because I can't get to the theater to see it again. I'd love to be sitting here pouring over the novelization. Um, <laughs> I, I, we were in the office one day and so uh, uh, one of the partners at the company was like, hey, uh, guess who did the novelization of, I think it was one of the Star Wars. I don't know if it was the new one or the the Force Awakens or whatever. But hey, you know who did the novelization for such and such? And I jokingly answered, "Was it Alan Dean Foster?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was Alan yeah. Dean Foster." Yeah, it was. It was Alan Dean Foster. Alan Dean Foster wrote fifty percent of all movie novel, uh, you know, novelizations, oh, including in the it. original Star Wars: A New Hope uh, novelization. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, now he is, and the reason he comes to mind, he is in my mind the high water mark for novelizations oh, sure. of movies. Uh, Larry Milne, I now know where the mucky <laughs> bottom is. I've decided Larry Milne. And I don't mean to, this, I'm attacking his work, and I will stand by that. I don't want to seem like I'm attacking the man, because he's probably, you know, well, maybe. I don't know if his a couple of things he put Based in the book on are, some of the passages that you wrote, maybe he not, may but, not be uh, that great of a guy. I haven't but. met him. I don't know. But I, I literally, this is just me going, going after what I read. Uh, mostly because I had to read it, and I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're okay. making me relive it, so really uh, well, yeah, keep this well, up. I'm not, so, not going to be happy so with on, you. Let's, let's stay, Where do let's you stick to the positive. Let's. So what? What okay. makes a good novelization? Accentuate the oh, positive. That's in one of our movies. Mm-hmm. And that's bringing back flashbacks. Uh, <laughs> Just go ahead. Sing, singing I'll those thirty standards. Uh, <laughs> so what makes a good novelization versus what was in? This, I mean, a good novelization, like you say, helps you recollect the movie, but it also helps you fill in some of the gaps, things that you weren't able to see in between uh, cuts or scenes that were never filmed or backstory. You can get into the character's head and kind of kind of poke around at what they were thinking in the the heat of a moment. Um, Yeah, the well, for starters, novelizations and we'll get we'll get deeper into this in terms of this book, but novelizations they're novels they get they have they're not limited there's no film limit do you know what i mean there's no time limit of what you put into a theater it's a book they can't yeah. go crazy and put out like a war and peace level you know thousand page uh toe breaker sort of thing or doorstop but they can expand in areas that either were in the script and got dropped. So I'm kind of, if I recall correctly, Ghostbusters 2 novelizations actually cover the possessed Ray driving bit, which they got do. dropped from the final yeah. movie. Um, they can, they get to cover stuff that wasn't in the movie, which is a delight to people who saw the movie because it's, you know, it's more content. Uh, and they also then get to expand on stuff that's there. So depending on the author, they sometimes, and how... <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Ow. Oh, no. Chris is dying. Quick. Oh, just talking about it. Is Somebody get this man a beer. My body is rejecting the <laughs> words coming out of my mouth. Um, uh, they, uh, you know, depending, Alan Dean Foster was good at understanding the character, so he would write the internal dialogue for these characters, their thoughts and sure, all that sort of thing. you've got that omniscient point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Milne wasn't very good at that. Um, 
uh, <laughs> or, you know, holes, not holes, not bad holes. Well, sometimes some authors patch over holes. I remember I actually got to talk to Diane Carey, if I got the name correct there. She wrote a lot of Star Trek novelizations. She wrote a lot of Star Trek books, period. But she also did a couple of the, you know, the, the tele-novelizations of, uh, and when I met her, she she comes from a uh, she comes from a family of uh, of uh, nautical people. They live you know they live in the New England area. They all sail and all this. I think some of them are in the Navy, so they're all well versed in kind of you know nautical stuff. Ahoy! And she wrote uh, a couple. Her and her husband wrote a couple of great Star Trek novels, which I can't remember off the top of my head right now, and I feel really bad about that. But they turned one in early, and the publisher went, "That's awesome, thank you," because we have a print window. And the thing that was supposed to come out, not ready. So yours is going out now. And they said, we owe you one. What can we do for you? And she said, well, toss me a softball. And they said, great. Will you do the uh, the novelization of the season ender, season starter, that data lore from mm. Next Generation where, yeah. where Tate's brother that steals it. Yeah. yeah. She wrote that. And it was actually kind of cool, but she just talking about it was like her one thing was like, yeah, well, guys who do the TV shows, they just get to dream stuff up. They get to say things like, you know, activate metaphasic shielding. I'm the one who has to explain that in print because <laughs> on the show, they just go magic words. And she goes, I can't just say magic it words. I then have anything. to, ex- I have yeah. to explain it. And then her other complaint was that uh, in that episode, she's like, look, here's how it goes on a ship. If everybody's leaving to go look for data, in the terms of, of, of naval hierarchy, Data's cat will be left in charge of the ship before they leave the, the, the ship's doctor in charge. She was so mad that they left the ship's doctor in charge, but she couldn't do anything about it. Anyways, but that's case in point is there's, you know, there's weak spots sometimes maybe, stuff, or not even a weak spot, stuff that you, people, um... What's the term I'm looking for when you can you just roll with it, right? When something uh, you, suspension of disbelief, when stuff happens in movies and TV and all that, sometimes you just accept it because you know what purpose it's supposed to serve, and you're like, I kind of get a shape of what they mean. Go for it. Yeah. But in a, but it but there's no real grounding on it. So when the book comes along, somebody can strengthen it or expand upon it. You know, if somebody goes, oh, that's a real Deus Ex Machina. Well, a good author can take that from. You know the the original scriptwriters, the boy they just needed an out, so they put this thing in here. A good writer can actually come up with a reason yeah, why it out totally. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not just pulling it out of their butt because they wrote themselves into a corner. They can actually give it some narrative worth as to why it happened that way. Um, and then, last but not least, they can expand areas that so like in a film, there's stuff that you know that there are jumps to it. So they can kind of fill it in. So one of the things that I, I, I did like in, in Mills, and he only did it in a couple of places, was at one point, uh, after menacing a horse, uh, Lewis runs off into the night. Well, that's at the corner. That's Columbus Circle. That's at the corner of Central Park. Central Park is patrolled by cops on horseback. So he actually wrote it so that as he wanders off, these two cops that saw the whole thing happen follow him. Because as far as they're concerned, he's crazy or a drunk, and yeah, he's heading off he's into the city. Somebody they got to so, throw in the loony bin, yeah. So whereas in the whereas 
again, in a movie, we can fill in the void in the cut and go crazy, runs off into the night. Now he's being dropped off by the cops. Got it. The cops picked him up. He put in that little extra to fill in the, oh yeah, the cops saw him going batshit with the horse <laughs> and started, you know, just started tailing him there. God. That's when the, that, it's yeah. not some... It's great. It works really well. Right? That's what a wonderful novelization. I mean, it, the small things like that, they don't all have to be like, I don't know if you remember the Gremlins novelization where Gizmo got a whole backstory and you learn all about the Mogwai culture from the planet that they came from. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you don't have to go that far. No, but, nope. uh, but yeah, that, that little bit that sort of helps you smooth out like, oh, okay, that's, that's how Lewis got caught in Central Park. Great. Uh, now yeah. I now know that. And, and it could have been maybe in one of the drafts of the script because 10 times out of 10, these novel writers have to write it from a script without having seen yeah. a frame of the movie, which I, I know you called out a couple times in your tweets, like, did Larry even watch the movie? Like, why? oh no, don't. We'll clarify this because I know he watched the movie. Oh, you but, okay, uh, yeah. But the um, I do, I do want to put that caveat in because you're right. Because the one thing I, <laughs> I didn't have time or the inclination to do <laughs> is to sit down with making <laughs> Ghostbusters uh, and compare it to stuff. Like, I was not going to st- go back and step by step through this thing to compare. It is quite possible that. You know, uh, Ramus and Aykroyd wrote stuff like the the horseback cops in there and all that. I, you know, so if I'm giving Milne more credit than he's worth, whatever, <laughs> fine. You're, you're more than happy to take that away from him. <laughs> <laughs> but there was, I knew there were places where he was, I did, I did check a couple of times. So the debt marrying scene and all that, I did go look at making ghost, like the, the final shooting script to see what was there. And yeah, some of the stuff that I was like, oh, cool. That, you know, that fills it in or, you know, you know, breathe some life into it sort of thing. It's, you know, it was him taking from the, um, you're you're Hollywood man. That's a term, right? Um, sure. It's either that or Burbank boy. So you pick. <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take Hollywood man. I'll take Hollywood man. Uh, what do you call the uh, the the block text between uh, lines there? Uh, the descriptor, yeah, descriptions. Descriptors, yeah. descriptors, yeah, whatever. There was places where he obviously almost just entirely lifted from them. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I think that's the another sign that oh, this is just terrible bad novelizations are when they are just transcribing the stuff in the script. Oh God, it's because this is the other thing. Guys who are writing scripts for a movie, they only have to get the idea across. Some people like uh, Guillermo del Toro or Tarantino attempt to evoke stuff. So they go quite broad with some of that stuff sometimes, which is great. But for the most part, they're just, they're literally trying to put across because when what they see in their head the little mini movie they see in their head has emotions and laughs and comedy and all this sort of thing all they really need to do is say you know and then funny thing happens because heck a director is going to have to rework it in their head anyways right like right yeah what, they're you, not going to put scene blocking in there he walks through the door and smiles and like well, yeah no you don't need all that yeah tarantino and del toro and all that will go that extra mile because they they're going to direct their thing so they get it, but they're when they're trying to sell it to the studio and all that, it helps that that they go that little extra mile to evoke coolness in places. Like if there's key moments to really sell a key moment sort of thing. But anyway, yeah, the bad bit. But but the point is, is very dry and it's very stale and it is it reads like bad writing and it's not. 
because it's great, you know, it's good script writing. It's what scripts are but supposed to do. But he's just lifting, he's plagiarized it, it straight out of the script. <laughs> Here's how it is. Ramus and Aykroyd wrote a script, and anybody who read it, it's a great script. Now, if those two had then turned around and said, print this as a novel, that's a bad novel. Bad Ramus, bad Aykroyd. You're terrible <laughs> novel writers, because that's terrible. <laughs> It's the exact same thing. Now, the fault of Milne is that he just, he took that stuff and just, he just moved some of it over. And I'm kind of, and I'm reading it going, that's from the bloody script. I don't even remember it in the script, but I know he took, and I go, yes, there it is. There's the exact line. Oh my God. So, so line by line, verbatim, he copies over uh, what's in there. Well, yeah, it felt inside, and this is what, maybe it's just personally, maybe other people wouldn't care. It felt a lot like when you're reading some kid's essay and you can tell he just copied somebody <laughs> else and then changed the adjectives here and there uh, sort of thing. Do you no. know what I mean? Like. Uh, well, so and, and I, I don't want to make you dwell in it, but the one thing that I, <laughs> I thought was very interesting and a little disturbing was, he, so he takes that omniscient point of view and he puts the character's thoughts uh, on the page and like five times out of 10, it's like a really perverted, weird sexual thing that he's yeah. like, you know, uh, all of the characters are like, crazy uh either repressed or he's or maybe milne is repressed or there were some of the passages that you put in there were like what why why is that in there why it's just sort of it's like every time you when you read game of thrones and george rr martin goes into a luxurious feast and he starts talking about the suckling pig and it's got the butter encrusted skin yeah. and it's you're like well george you need to go have a snack man like you are writing or, while you're hungry and it shows or, why is or, this here or tolkien spending two two pages describing a tree yeah, um, yes yes exactly like how high <laughs> are you right now sir he in two key places in two very weird ways in the movie, uh, Venkman is charming, but in a kind of a, you know, a suave ladies' man sort of way. Yeah, he's like Sam Malone on Cheers, where you're like, that's yeah. kind of like if this was anybody else, it would be really creepy. You're a yeah. creep. Whereas Lewis is kind of puppy-like and infatuated. And then in the novelization, somehow he decided that Lewis was a secret pervert. <laughs> Like, and not just a little off, like, like, oh my God, minority report. It's time to arrest Lewis for a pre-crime here. Uh, and Venkman was the cutesy one. He was kind of, it was like, he's infatuated and he couldn't help but looking at it and a lot of describing, but it wasn't the, you know, gotta get dead ass sort of thing. No, it was like, oh, her luscious lips and those beautiful legs and all that. So like, it was, it was way more cutesy sort of thing which again didn't ring true with either one but yeah the one that that i ignored the venkman stuff because i was like yeah we get it he's smitten with her like he even had a bit <laughs> where he's like a couple of throwaway lines where he's like uh, in love with her no not in love with her i say oh god just say you're in love with her because that uh, that i can take thank you oh man um, he's, he's trying to smooth over things that he sees as flaws in the movie maybe like well venkman i, I need guess. to make him a more likable character and but lewis he decided yeah and so trigger warning to everybody and i mean that seriously uh, there's a little bit of a sexual abuse trigger warning coming up here he wrote lewis 
as being so fixated on Dana, he dreamed of her, get ready, raping him. And I'm kind of like, as, this his is his exact PG, words. Yeah. His exact words. Not as in he implied or went around the block to kind of hint at it. He said outright, dreamed of Dana raping him. And I'm like, with the. Oh. Like, it's just, oh, this is a PG. This is like kids 10 and up are seeing, like, saw this movie, and some of them are going to be getting this novel. What the hell are you doing? And more to the point, and then, yeah, there was some some awesome, uh, (laughs) there was some awesome, what should we say, absent editorial moments. That was one in an ethical way. (coughs) There were some real typo moments later on, too. (coughs) So nobody... Nobody was looking over this guy's shoulder for whatever reason. It just, it, he handed everything it in slipped it through. Freaking got yeah. printed. Huh. I, yeah. I mean, I, again, I know that these have to happen in, in such a, they have to happen in a bubble. They have to happen in such a rush because, you know, you probably get the assignment to write this before the movie comes out in June. You probably get the assignment in february or march and you're like wait i've got three months less than three months sometimes they only get probably six weeks to write these things Ah, what Uh, have i told you you uh ready okay what have i told you that man even if he only had six weeks had four and a half to five months to write that book how do you know that where where did that come from because he saw the movie uh, remember early on, I was a little confused by it and there's very clear lines and uh, like he's talking about stuff that got altered. He's using lines that were in the first draft script. He's using, uh, sequences that got cut and all that. And as I said, some of the descriptive stuff, he just lifted wholesale wording and everything from the first draft or the shooting script rather. So yes, as is normal, and somebody else pointed this out, well, actually, they usually just go off a script. I'm like, <laughs> wait now. He actually references improv bits. in. So I'm checking the transcript, but yes, it's not in the, the, the final shooting script, but he's including bits that were in the, uh. in the final movie. And I went and looked. The UK version got printed by Coronet in October. Like it, because re- oh. these days with everything condensing, movies come out around one another now. And for kids out there, I need to explain this to you. There was a time, <laughs> find your local Australian and ask them a story. Anybody over the age of 40 in Australia, there was a time where it could take a year because the prints they were showing were often the prints they were showing yeah, here. Yeah, right? them they, overseas. Yeah. They'd run them around North America and then ship them around the world, right? And they'd get their editorial cuts if that was applied in the country, uh, which is why by the time you watch some of them now, those original prints, oh, they're a mess because, you know, Indonesia was snipping out bits that, you know, they didn't like, but they don't throw them out. They're not allowed to. They just, you know, then tape them back in when they ship the print off, all this thing, right? So, so yeah, and it was not uncommon that Europe was, you know, Minimum three to four months behind North America. And that's exactly what happened. It is quite, quite apparent that however it got worked, I don't know that anybody sent them a print or anything, but because it came out in New York or North America in uh, June. Yeah, in June. Ghostbusters 2 was July. Ghostbusters was in June. Uh, He had June to July, July to August, August, September, September to October, four months right there. And whatever the lead time was prior to the movie's Uh, release with the script. Working with the script. And he's referencing stuff Hmm. uh, like the the Lewis uh, Yes Have Some. 
that's in the book. It's not in the final shooting script. Hmm. That's just one example I can think of. Well, but then there why would so, he change like the what a lovely singing voice you must have? Because he's lazy. Like he could have. <laughs> well, it's okay, too many fair words is, to type. Fair is fair. He could see the movie. It's all he had is maybe a, a like a notebook that he could take uh, in. I guess with that's him. true. He it's wasn't the same thing a, that okay. you know movie reviewers. Because remember, we read movie reviews even now, and there are some of the stuff you're like, oh wow, you remembered that wrong. You but didn't see that. Didn't, yeah, they didn't have an option. They literally are in with a notebook taking notes, and they try to re- what they remember later. So <laughs> stuff that actually. You can kind of, it's weird. You can kind of tell the stuff that he found personally funny because he remembered it and then changed it. And then other stuff, ugh. And this, and then yes, I, th- I think it's fair to say there is bits too where he decided it wasn't great. He would just change the line. Jeez, Larry. Larry, uh, Larry, the, Larry. The only time I was okay with it, and I pointed this out, is he uh, makes a reference to uh, giving Dana 10 cc's a much more reasonable measurement of clan clan uh god some ah thorazine is a thorazine uh, thorazine is a trade name the the base chemical name is clonopram i should have written uh, it down, okay. but anyways so but, yeah, but he's in not the UK, using kleenex he's using no. tissue uh essentially yeah. yeah and not that he couldn't say thorazine it's just most likely that in the uk they didn't call it that that brand it's it's the same way that they you know they talk about paracetamol and it's our tylenol or whatever it works out at aspirin or whatever it is i can't remember which is which but uh yeah, they have their own trade names and or go by the you know the base uh, the the base uh, uh, product name or whatever the. So yeah, he did that in a couple of places hmm. that I understand because yes, you know, the UK your, you they know your audience yeah stuff like that. But anyway, spells color with a U like you do too. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> look, if you're too lazy, look you're you come from the country that can't even that is lobbying to spell through T H R U. Stop talking to me. That's not- true. I mean, <laughs> we are Americans. We do whatever we can not to use our brains. That's that's very apparent, especially in this day and age. Although, although that said, Stephen Fry and a lot of other people are kind of, uh, I've seen it, I'm kind of on board with it too. The argument that, you know, English would be a lot simpler if we did just boil it down to all these much simpler things. Why retain, you know, all these 18 different influences of words <laughs> if we why could just. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Let's just boil it down. Um, <laughs> Anywho, well, uh, so if you guys out there have read Mr. Milne's uh, novelization, we want to hear from you. We, wanna, we want you <gasps> to join the book club here. God, I just realized when I started really reading it, uh, somebody that follows on Twitter said she was a librarian. She didn't realize there was novelization. I said, it's fairly easy to get. You should get one. <laughs> no. If you're listening, don't. <laughs> oh, I have no, to message to her now. Message her and let her know. She's gonna. What kind of a person do you think I am? That I'm recommending this book because it's so readily available. I have to, yeah, I have to let her know. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. All right. So, uh, so book reviews here uh, for 1984, (laughs) two thumbs down. Do not recommend. uh, Uh, I mean, novelizations are wonderful. I have, I have my uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Back to the Future, Gremlins. Uh, I have all of those novelizations and I love them so much because they helped me kind of keep the movie in my brain after I saw those movies. But, um, I have, uh, yeah. I have, I have, uh, a collection myself. Actually, I do like collect- 
Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, Close I, yeah, Close Encounters, E.T. I have uh, yep. both E.T. and the sequel that was never produced but was nah. written. Um, the uh, Close Encounters one I'm actually kind of uh, giddy about because uh, one of my one of my presents from Santa was I got the um, the visual guide, visual history ah, that they put out yeah. recently for yeah. So I have I have that visual making of book i have the novelization and then i have the movie to go watch it's yes i like that 4k yeah anyways um yeah alan dean foster all of his star wars stuff was top notch he did a whole bunch else like i think he i seem to i feel like he did um the last starfighter for some reason I think you're right. That sounds that sounds right. And then he did um, uh, did he do the Phantom Menace? And and possibly. Of, well, and and I don't want to go too far down a tangent, but speaking of novelizations <laughs> that make movies better, that's one of them. That's like that <laughs> that novelization. I read that. I'm like, oh, that's that makes so much sense. Anyway, yeah, um, because that's what he's good at, right? So yeah, exactly. So uh, so yeah, I, I chime in, guys. Uh, novelizations, yay or nay? Uh, did you know that Jovial Bob Stein was one and the same as R.L. Stein? Uh, call call the voicemail. And actually, that picture, that Scholastic book, is is pretty good for what it is. And there's great pictures in there. So check that out. Yeah, that's the next one I'm going to read. I think. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers! I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at four seven zero two four two four seven four two. That's four seven zero two G B H Q I C. We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. I'm going to hold you to that. We're going to do a book club. Sure. For the next. <laughs> sure, whatever. For the Scholastic. Uh, I really like that full screen or full page picture of uh, Janos getting possessed that doesn't have the visual effects in it yet. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> um, but uh, all right. Well, so uh, pretty successful first episode back. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm glad we got this one in the can because it's been a long time coming. Uh, several months later, if you will. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you haven't had a chance to do final thoughts in a long time. So what, uh, do you have anything prepared? Have you prepared a statement, sir? No, I have no final thoughts. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what's can kind of, it's been kind of busy. I managed to ignore things for the, the week off, whereas you had to dive back in, but that just meant the start of the year has started with, you know, real roaring out the gate um yeah, the stress is the stress is continued for me but uh that's all right yeah i don't know um i don't know it's not a final thought that i that i would commit to anything but i i spent a lot of time over the holiday break watching um <laughs> watching youtube videos uh specifically uh hip-hop dx and uh facts 
which is BuzzFeed, but with Irish people, meaning <laughs> meaning is better than BuzzFeed. And, and it's facts, F-A-C-T-S? F-A-C-T-S, yes. Okay. Most of them are Irish people try X. And the BuzzFeed people... <laughs> I love you, Troy. But watching watching uh, 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 American BuzzFeed writers going, "Ooh, this is too sweet." No, I can't do this. Ah, does this have Again, gluten in it? Whatever. Americans' <laughs> brain usage, not so much. But just to listen to people with Irish accents going, "What's this then? <laughs> candy bar? Well, I mean, we have candy bars. What, what's the difference here? Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Jesus, that's sweet. Oh boy, like so it's very different." <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is way better. I can watch this forever. Watching watching those, I realized I got this nice table space down Secret Studio North. We may have to, especially since I talked to you before about I may actually now start calling down stuff in my collection. Sure, yeah. As I as I make nice reference photos of it before I get rid of stuff, maybe maybe I'll just do some videos. Right? Oh, you should. You should. Or, or, or things that are a little bit, uh, you know, Relics from our past, interactive. Yeah. Have have Thomas uh, inspect them. Like, why would you ever? <laughs> it's a toothbrush. What? Well, no, he'll he'll love everything. And then oh, okay. he'll... I had not one, not two, but three real Ghostbusters gumball dispensers, the little oh, pocket-sized ones I, of yep. the no-go's. Uh-huh. I have one because he found the other two, and he loves gumballs. And yeah, he opened them up without asking Daddy. So. Uh-oh. All right. Well, so he's uh, he's not going to be like the, uh, the the cast of Game of Thrones season original Nintendo. And they're like, what is this? What? Come no. on, really? You don't know what? Uh, anyway, but uh, what I yeah. feel uh, what I feel like is is we've talked about this. Before. There's my final thought. Oh my gosh, I have it. <laughs> you found it. You came uh, we talked about this before. I'm now of a of an age not to be confused with uh, the Ray Romano series which is about men dealing men with a uh, certain age yeah. of you know getting older and not having sex as much uh, I'm a nerd of a certain age meaning I have my space I'm comfortable with it and I think you know whereas the 20 year old me wanted it all the 40 something me is kind of like I enjoy what I have I think I'd be happy to get rid of bits of this either to make space or to you know allow me to bring in other stuff so other we talked things. before like yeah. I'm really kind of I've got a good chunk of the vinyl maybe I'll just wrap that up I've got lots of pieces of the tops card stuff and promotional materials maybe I'll just round that out I have a lot of the McDonald's Happy Meal sets maybe I'll just round, you know what I mean like and that we talked before that Real Ghostbusters, not my thing, but I have some real Ghostbusters stuff. Maybe I'll just spend some time with people and, you know, video wise and show it off and let them tell me what they think of it and all that. And I'll make some record of it and then off into the world uh, for somebody who. Ghostbusters Antiques Roadshow. Exactly. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Leon Zundiger's Antique Roadshow. Sold. <laughs> oh my god, that's brilliant. Space All right, catalog at Tobin's Antique uh, Roadshow. Antique Roadshow, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right, well, I hope that that comes to fruition now. Good, good final thought there. Um, all right, well, uh, hey, everybody. Um, thanks for joining us. Back back in 2018, uh, this is our 401 episode. We're in year four, episode one. It's so crazy <laughs> to see that on the, the board. Um, yeah, we're, we're glad what to have you we? guys here. 
What were we thinking? I don't know. I don't. Uh, you know, our, our good friend Paul Gannon out there, uh, <laughs> somebody asked him if, if uh, he ever thought about doing a Ghostbusters podcast, and he said, oh, yeah, but, you know, there's a really great one out there called The Crossrip, and plus, I just, I think we'd run out of things to talk about with Ghostbusters, and I had to respond with, we have, I don't know what we're talking about anymore, we're not, <laughs> I just black out for an hour every Wednesday night, and see what happens it's all free association we speak in tongues and uh i i hope people listen to it i don't know if they do anymore do you listen is anybody out there listening anybody nobody nobody responded i guess that means no you know it's new year it's the first episode of the new year it's a good time to ask then do you recall how long because you and i talked off mic in the early days about how long we thought it would go for do you recall i I vaguely recall, I, I remember because we knew that the movie was coming up and we said, oh, yep. I bet we're going to go once a week until after the new movie comes out and then maybe we'll do like once a month or maybe like every other yeah. month or maybe we'll run out of stuff to talk about after, you know, that, whatever no. the, the movie comes out. Yeah. And, uh, yes. Here we are. This is, uh, let's see, <laughs> what episode would this be? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's We're in the hundred somethings now. Something, um, yeah. We've we've provided you with at least 150 hours of content, <laughs> and more so because we've got more shows coming down the the, the pike here in in 2018. Uh, we've got some sister shows now in the works that you may have heard a hint or two about in the December uh, episodes. Um, so yeah, it's there's there's a lot. I, we certainly haven't run out of steam. At least I have, I, and that's saying a lot because I feel like I'm perpetually out of steam at the moment. So, for an entirely different reason. For an entirely different reason. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, if you guys are out there listening and you're still enjoying it, uh, raise your hand. Let us know. We we don't get <laughs> metrics, even though Apple is working on it. Thank goodness we can finally know how many of you guys are listening. But. Uh, yeah, raise your hand. Let us know. Uh, be counted. We want to hear from you guys. So, let us know what you want because I'll tell you a secret right now. I was wrestling with it and have now come to terms with it. Troy is now starting to wrestle with it. He'll figure it out soon enough. Once you have a kid, the outside the house social life really <laughs> falls off drastically. So you really go looking for things to do inside the house uh, after yep. the child has gone to sleep. Uh, so yep. Troy's Troy's podcasting uh, urge to podcast. It's going to spike in about four months. Get ready. <laughs> we're going to do our commentary on every episode of Real Ghostbusters. So He's he's sitting here now yeah. going, I'm so tired and I don't know what we talk about. And I'm like, it's going to change. <laughs> Get ready. March break, somebody's going to be like, 18 new episodes. <laughs> Mark my words. All right. Well, until until that happens, guys, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you going to call? Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. You could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to know this. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird. Peter Rickman. Happy New Year! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>